church you can take a seat and we're going to turn to Acts chapter 2 if you brought your Bible today or your electronic device you never know when I'm going to mix it up on you and double check to make sure you're following along and this isn't the words of Matt Labby but the words of God and we're going to be in the story of us we're continuing that sermon series and the reason why is because really knowing where we've come from informs where we're going and as a part of that, you know, what we see throughout the Hebrew Bible is this idea that oftentimes the Israelites, who are the people of God, they would have a generation that would remember the Lord and they would begin to live according to the Lord's way. Then the next generation would begin to forget. The next generation would fall away. And then eventually they would need to come back and remember who they were and what God was doing in their life. And I think that for you and for me, there's something important to remembering who God made us to be and living into that story. And so today, I, uh, I'm, I'm not going to take a nap. Don't worry. I have a pillow up here, and I got some energy drink, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But today, I want to talk to you from this idea, the spirit and the church. The spirit and the church. I want to talk about power today. And I just want, can, can you, everybody's got a phone. Can you hold up your phone real quick? Okay. So I want you to, I want to ask you this question. So if you're the kind of person that your phone is never below 25% battery. Keep your phone in the air. If you're the kind of person that you, uh, okay, then you put them down. If you're the kind of person that like 25% is a good day, hold your phone up. Okay, perfect. So I, I know when my wife's phone is about to die, I get like a notification that's like, Holly's phone is at 10%. Like, let her know to charge it. Literally, I don't know, five times a day. I'm like, how is it possible <laughs> that your phone could possibly do that? But how many of us know that as you think about this idea of a phone, that there's more technology in that phone than what it took for us to get to the moon. Well, that's pretty unbelievable. But if we have that phone and no power to the phone, then how good is that phone? It's not going to do much good, right? It's just going to be a weird-looking brick. You know, you bring it back like a 1,000 years ago, and cavemen would just be like throwing it at each other, right? They wouldn't be using it because there's no power. How many of us, uh, if you're the kind of people that when you're driving your car, how many of us are like half, half full is really like, empty. You know, how many of those, you know, fill it up. You know, if it's half, you know, okay, how many of us were like, let's see, the manufacturer says that it goes this far. Let's see. Okay. Yeah. Some of the, you know, some of the spouses in the room know that every time you get in the gas lights on, they're like, oh, you can go another 20 miles. You're fine. You're fine. Right. But when your car dies on the side of the road, you got a problem because the very thing that made it possible for you to do extraordinary things without power really does nothing. So it's kind of that same idea as we talk about this idea of the Holy Spirit. Because I think that there's a little bit of a power crisis, both for us, broadly speaking, as the church as a whole, but maybe for some of us, individually speaking, as well. And we saw what the effects of a power crisis looked like this February of 2021. If you're listening years from now, 2021 is Texas power crisis. And so what happens, there were three snowstorms that came through, through Texas and their power grid went down. So there were uh, 4.5 million homes without power that caused $20 billion in damage and over 200 lives were lost. And what we began to see is this idea of not just individually of like, yeah, you know, if you have a phone or you have a car, but what happens on a broader scale when a group of people lose power? 
Can I tell you that I think that the Holy Spirit is a message for us today that's been challenging for me, and I'm preaching this as much for myself. I thought to myself this morning, I was like, Matt, if you preach this to yourself today, like you're in good shape. You know, if people show up, that's great. That's good for you. Uh, but I know I need this message because reading from Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 1, shows us what power looks like. It says, when the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were staying. They saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each one of them. Then they began, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. As we look at this idea of the Holy Spirit, really this is almost like the pivot of history. This is one of the most important events that could ever happen, not just in the history of mankind, but in your life. Because previous to this, we saw what the working of the Holy Spirit looked like in the Hebrew Bible. So at the very beginning, God creates everything. And in, in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, it says, And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep. Now that word for spirit is the Hebrew word ruach. Somebody say ruach. Yeah, okay, some of y'all just made a face at me and you didn't do anything. I didn't see anything. Let's try one more time. Somebody say ruach. ruach. Yeah, yeah, ruach means spirit, breath, or wind. And so the spirit, this breath, this wind hovering over the face of the water, waiting for creative force to happen. And then what do we see in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, but the creation of mankind. And then what happens? God breathes his ruach into mankind. And so we see this incredible creative force, this incredible power for humanity. The only problem is that when we sinned, which each one of us has, that sin has broken that very image of God, the Ruach experience that we had. So the question is, what does it look like for us to live without power? And as you look kind of throughout the Hebrew Bible, that's what you see, is that really the Holy Spirit rests on people for a moment, but not for a lifetime. And so they'll be making the temple or the tabernacle and they'll equip certain people and they'll say, and God gifted the spirit so that they could create this thing as a craftsman. Or you look through the book of Judges and you see certain instances where there are certain individuals that for a moment they experience the power of the Holy Spirit. But there's not a resting on, there's not a lifestyle of until we get to Jesus. And as we look at last week, we talked about the book of Luke. The book of Luke begins and kind of walks through Jesus' early life and ministry. And before Jesus does any ministry, what we see is the Holy Spirit rests on Jesus. And then Jesus goes out in the wilderness to be tempted, right, which all of us complain about. We're like, well, I don't want to be tempted. But after he gets out of the wilderness, it says, and he went forward in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, can I tell you right now that it is in the midst of temptation that sometimes we want to escape, but it's in that very place that many times God is working in us so we can then experience power to go do something that we could only do if we relied on the Holy Spirit. So then Luke and Acts come together as a pair. They're one book written by one person. And as we come to the book of Acts, what do we see but some of the same things that we saw in the book of Genesis? So we see that there is this new creative force breathing life into humanity. We see that with the coming of the Holy Spirit, we're empowered to live in a new way. And we begin to see that we as a church are called to steward this spirit well so that we're actually living not by our own power, but by the power of the spirit. 
So I have a challenging word for you this morning, a challenging word for me this morning, because here's the main idea that I want to share with you that comes from this passage in Acts chapter 2. It's this, that powerless Christianity is a result of spiritless Christians. Powerless Christianity is a result of spiritless Christians. That sometimes what happens is we come to know Jesus and we just say, well, listen, that's probably it. We're living pre-Pentecost, pre the coming of the Spirit. And we just kind of say, well, listen, I've got Jesus' card and so I know I'm going to make it to heaven. But we don't realize that you've been empowered not just for heaven, but you've been empowered to live this life in a different way. As I think about that idea of some powerless Christians, I think about Jeff Bezos. Uh, and here's why. He's got a picture up on the screen, and this is his Blue Origins rocket that just went into space. Uh, apparently, when you got hundreds of billions of dollars, what do you do besides go into space, right? They're like, I don't know. Let's, let's just do it. And so this rocket is the rocket that he was a part of uh, making sure that he funded and that he actually went into space on. They went to Mach 3. That's pretty fast. That's three times the speed of sound. Now, I don't, this is how I imagine it in my mind. Maybe you imagine it different. But I imagine, you know, there's the guy in the shuttle, and he's sitting there, and there's like this cover over a button. And the button says, like, blast off or something. They're like, do not press unless you want to go into space, right? And so they kind of flip it up. They press the button. Now, how many of us know that that rocket has incredible potential sitting on the tarmac? But unless that potential is actually activated, it doesn't matter how much potential is there. That it could have the potential to go to the moon. It could have the potential to go to Mach 3. It could have the potential to do incredible things. But if that potential is not activated, then it really is kind of useless for its very cause. The way I want to draw this home is because I think that sometimes what happens is we become Christians and then the Holy Spirit is just kind of potential. That he's living in your life, he's living in my life, but we're not activating the power of the Holy Spirit. And so maybe some of these things that you've experienced be things like this. I want to love my spouse, but some reason it seems like I just don't have the power to do it in the moment. Like I can see it as it's happening. It's almost like I'm floating above myself and I can watch it happening in front of me as like, and you're saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And then all of a sudden you like throw the grenade in the relationship. You know, you're like talking about the dishes and all of a sudden you just like lob this thing out there and you're like, let's go. Like I can go. And then all of a sudden it just blows the whole thing up. You see, what happens is it's an opportunity in that moment for us to access the power of the spirit. For some of us, we've been dealing with the same sin or the same addiction. Or for some of us, we go online and we scroll through social media and we feel like, man, isn't everybody's life better than mine? Doesn't it seem like, man, if I could have their life, if I could have their spouse, if I could have their money, then my life would be worth it. But really, what I want to invite you into is this idea of that addiction of looking at other people and saying, I wish, or the addiction of sin, whatever that might be, that there is power that you have access to in the spirit that can change and transform your life. The question is, are we accessing the power of the Holy Spirit? And so I want to read that one more time, and we're going to dive into this passage and what it means for you and for me, and a little bit of misconception around our idea of what the Holy Spirit does and who he is. So Acts chapter 2, one more time, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. 
And so the reason why they were doing that is because Jesus said, listen, instead of going out and doing your own thing and like making, you know, trying to do it in your own strength, don't do that. Wait for the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send and he's going to change and transform your life. And then it says, suddenly a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were staying. They saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each one of them. And then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So I want us to get an idea of what the Holy Spirit does. So the Holy Spirit is a part of the Trinity. God is made up of three persons, but one essence. And so we see that he's made of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father, God the Father, God the Son, and Jesus, God the Holy Spirit. And so as Jesus ascended into heaven, he sent his Spirit to his church. Now, I think sometimes the way that we think of the Holy Spirit is a little bit like a pillow, right? And, and so like, oh, man... I'm a fan of pillows. Anybody try to sleep without a pillow? It's the worst, right? And so what do you, you know, you just, this one's, I had to get a new one because this one I had to like tuck up under like that to just like, you know, have a moment to myself. And, you know, the thing about a pillow is it's comfy. You know, it makes you feel good. It <laughs> makes you, you know, feel, feel warm inside. And you kind of like how it, you know, you're like, man, this is good. Like if I need a good rest, I grab a pillow because it helps and it makes me feel good. And sometimes that's what happens with the Holy Spirit is we're like, Hey, listen, the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit shows up, you got to know because I've heard this phrase, goosebumps, right? What's that? And you're like, oh, Holy Spirit, like pillow, like, oh my goodness, like just like a cloud and it makes you feel fuzzy on the inside. And you're like, this is great. Like, man, the Holy Spirit's amazing. And, you know, we leave and we're like, man, I don't know if I felt the Holy Spirit today. I don't know if there was a lot of pillow that showed up today. You know, I just I didn't feel like that. And, you know, maybe, maybe I need to go to a different, you know, and what happens is we end up treating the Holy Spirit like a commodity. We end up saying, well, listen, the Holy Spirit's there to make me feel good. The Holy Spirit's there to make me feel goosies. The Holy Spirit is there to make sure that, like, I got everything I need and I want to come to a service, get filled up, and then, like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to live my life and then it's going to drain me and then I'm going to come back to church. I'm going to fill up and it's going to be great. And I'm going to, like, raise my hands and it'll be awesome. The only problem is this. That's not really what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit being a whole lot more like an energy drink. Uh, so I, I have not drank this, but this is Jocko Discipline Go. One of my friends gave this to me. I don't know what it would be like for me to be on. I'm, I'm enough. Like, I'm, I'm too much without that. And so I can't imagine, like, having one of these guys. Like, it'd be, it would be a lot. And you think I talk fast now. Wait till I get on some caffeine. But the thing about an energy drink is when you drink an energy drink, it gives you the opportunity and the ability to do more than you could do on your own. When you drink an energy drink, it energizes you to go and make a difference. It energizes you to go out and actually change something. The, the, the energy drink makes it so that now you're able to do something that if you are trying to do it by yourself, you could not do. You see, the Holy Spirit is not there to just be like something that makes you feel good. The Holy Spirit is there to actually send you out so that you can be different in the world. So that when you show up and you say, listen, I don't know how to love my neighbor. My neighbors are weird. You know, and you're like, I, you know, as I think about my neighbors, they're weird. They got different beliefs than I do. And I go to work and there are people who look different than I do. And there are people that think different than I do. Maybe even like, God forbid, sit on the other side of the political aisle than I do. And like, you know, I don't, I don't know how to deal with that. And, and, and what the Holy Spirit is saying, listen, I got the solution. Because when you show up, not just by yourself, but with the Holy Spirit, now you can show up and now you can love somebody that by yourself you never could have loved before. Now when you show up and you say, can I be kind in this moment? 
Can I be caring in this moment? Can I, can I stop for a second and just recognize that this person is made in the image of God? Now with the power of the Holy Spirit, you're actually able to be energized for everything you need to do. As I think about that, I think some of us, if I can imagine it one way, so I just want to, so for those of you who always run on empty, let's say that you, you run out of gas in your car and you're, you're on the side of the road. Now, uh, there, are, there are two different options that you could play this out, right? You could play this out where you just say, okay, fine, I'm going to push my car to the nearest gas station. You could say, that's the best way. I'm just going to push it, and it'll be great, and it'll be fine, and it'll be so good. And so some of us, we're trying to push our car. We're trying to push our life into the life that Jesus has asked us to live. And so we're like, Jesus is like, love your neighbor. Um, give to those who ask of you. He's saying, listen, be patient with one another. Have the unity of the bond of peace. And so what we do is we're just like, we're up against the car and we're just like pushing it as hard as we can. And we're just trying to make it work. It's exhausting. We're burned out. We're tired. We're like, I don't like religion. Religion doesn't work. Like, I've been to church. I did that. And it, it honestly, like, it just made me feel more tired than when I, I was starting off. The problem is that we miss this, that when we came to know Jesus, that Jesus filled up our tank. And how many of us know that it's really difficult to try to push a car and push the accelerator at the same time? I've seen some fail videos, and it does not go well, right? It goes poorly. But the thing is that we have to make a choice. Am I going to try to push my life forward by myself, or am I going to be energized to do something I couldn't do on my own? Because can I tell you that pushing the accelerator is not that hard? Why? Because there's something else happening, energizing you to do something you could never do on your own, to be able to go places you could never go on your own because you have access to power. In that same way, the Holy Spirit invites us, empowers us to say, will you live a life that on your own you could never live? Not because you're trying to push your way through it and put your shoulder into it and get your chin up and get your life together and lift, listen to the right podcast, but because you're relying on the power of the Holy Spirit beyond what you could do in and of yourself. And I've been challenged by this. This is something that God continues to bring back to me, this idea of saying, what would it look like to have a church that is energized by the power of the Spirit so that we actually are on mission to do what God asked us to do? Because I don't want pillow Christians. I want energy drink Christians. I want Jocko Discipline Go Christians, right? Okay. Here's what happens when the Holy Spirit shows up in the book of Acts. Two things happen. The first one is purity. The second one is power. The first one is... The second one is, okay, purity. This is crazy. Some of y'all are like, if I showed up to church and this happened, I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would do either. Uh, Acts chapter 5. Some guy goes out. But a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property. However, he kept back part of the proceeds with his wife's knowledge and brought a portion of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. Ananias, Peter said, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the proceeds of the land. And then what we see happens is this. It says, you have not lied to people, but to God. When he heard these words, Ananias dropped dead, and a great fear came on all who heard. Can you imagine? You like bringing up your tithe this week? <laughs> You're like, you know, toddling over to the you know, little basket over there. And the thing is, you like told somebody that you, like this was all that you got, and you were like, okay, I'm gonna give it all. And then like you didn't in secret, and then all of a sudden just like, Bam, dead, like crazy, right? You'd probably walk away from church and be like, I don't know, 
I don't know what happened that weekend. There was a church that I was a part of that literally, that ha- I mean, that didn't happen, but somebody like, somebody did like passed out in service and like they had to like carry them out and stuff. I was like, I don't know what they did, but it made somebody mad. Um, what was happening in that moment was the Holy Spirit said, listen, this is my church. And you don't show up in the presence of the Holy Spirit casually. You don't show up in the presence of the Holy Spirit and you're just like, I just want to test it out. Well, feel good, you know, make sure, make sure I feel fuzzy on the inside. No, no, no. He's saying, listen, when you show up, you better know the Holy Spirit is bringing purity to his church. Because what, what's happened is we just kind of lowered the bar. And we're like, okay, like, you want to come to church? We'll make it as easy as possible. We'll, we'll make it so, you, you know, don't, you don't have to feel like you got to, like, do anything. Come in, comfy chairs. Come in, like, watch somebody who's going to be, like, a comedian. And, like, maybe, like, stay after church and, like, say hi to somebody if that makes you feel comfortable. But, like, if it doesn't make you feel comfortable, you know, like, scoot out and, and you know, just come, like, come to our programs. And that's all it takes. And, and the problem is that the Bible talks about a different kind of church where the Holy Spirit shows up and says, no, 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 my people will be a pure people. My people will be a people who leave everything behind for the sake of the gospel, and they'll actually be shaped so when they go out, they go out and they're different to the people around them. The church doesn't need to look a whole lot more like the world. I was watching a a church the other day, and they had like some song playing in the background that was like a secular song because they're a cool hip church. And I was like, we don't, like people from the world aren't like, hey, cool, like I want to come to church and see you perform just like everybody else does. No, the church is here to show up to say, Spirit, purify me, refine me, allow me to look like Jesus and live like Jesus because I need to go out into a world that's hurting and lost and broken and look and live different. The Holy Spirit shows up. And when the Holy Spirit shows up, he shows up and brings purity to his church, that we look different, that we interact with the people around us differently. The second thing the Holy Spirit does is he shows up and he gives power to his people. Here's, here's what's nuts after this. And so they're all, you know, doing stuff. And, and uh, verse 5, so right after this, uh, in chapter 5, verse 12, it says this. Many signs and wonders were being done among the people through the hands of the apostles. Believers were added to the Lord in increasing numbers, multitudes of both men and women. As a result, they would carry the sick out into the streets and lay them on cots and mats so that when Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on them. In addition, a multitude came together from the towns gathering surrounding Jerusalem, bringing the sick to those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and those were all healed. And so I want you to imagine like that kind of church service. You know, like they're showing up, people are dying, but then people are like, you know, being raised up and people like coming to know Jesus, and it's just crazy, just like tons of stuff is happening. And you think, man, that's awesome. I want that kind of church. But here's what happens after that. So Peter gets beat up. And, uh, and, and so he gets beat up, and he goes out, and it says this. After they called in the apostles, they had them flogged. They ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and release them. Then they went out from the presence of the Sanhedrin rejoicing. Somebody say rejoicing. Rejoicing. rejoicing that they were counted worthy to be treated shamefully on behalf of the name. Every day in the temple and in various homes, they continued teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Um, yeah, that's a little different than a pillow fight. It's a little different than just saying, man, it's going to be so easy. Like, you just come, follow Jesus. Like, just come and show up, and it'll be, it'll be fine. No, no, no. In the early church, literally, they would go get beaten, 
can come back and be like, hey, this is great. Like, we just got beat up for the sake of the gospel and then get back out there and be like, let's go. Like, let's tell more people about Jesus. Why? Because when the Holy Spirit shows up, he does not show up to just kind of give people the tingles. He shows up for power. He shows up to equip his people so that we go into the dark places, so that we go into the hurting places, so that we go to the people who are, who are wondering, is there hope for me? Empowered on mission. Powerless church comes from spiritless Christians. I know that's challenging for me, and it makes me ask questions about, man, am, am I looking a whole lot more like the people who are just saying, ah, that was a good, that was a good service this weekend? Or am I looking for opportunities to say, man, I'm going to go where nobody else is willing to go for the sake of the gospel? So this week I, I did some things that were uncomfortable. Uh, and and I, I don't want to share this stuff because the only reason why I share it is just because I know that I'm on this journey. And I disobeyed probably 100 times this week. And so this is like my batting average low. But there have been some times where, you know, this past weekend I was sitting in a Starbucks. I saw a guy walk in and I just felt like God was like, hey, you need to go over and have a conversation with him. And so he was reading a book, and I was like, hey, you like books? Like, tell me about the book that you're reading. And we started a conversation, and I was like, we got to the end of it. It was a book on self-help, and I was like, listen, I got to tell you, like, I tried self-help. I tried all of, like, the you can do it on your own. I was like, you know what I found is that I can't do it on my own. But I found that Jesus can change me from the inside out. And I just want to let you know, man, if you ever want to have a conversation about Jesus, I'm there. And so I had a book with me at the time. I put my name in the book, and I put my number, and I was like, let's have a conversation if you ever want to to look for opportunities and just say, man, where can I step into it? That as I think about this past week, Holly was uh, talking with her next door neighbor and she's health-wise not doing so, so great. And so I love that she came home and she just felt a prompt from the Holy Spirit to say, listen, you should make a meal and just go over there and, and just say, listen, we just wanna let you know that you're cared for. She made a meal for her, she went over and she just said, we just wanna let you know you're cared for. Brought Lively with her because that brightens everybody's day, you know, who doesn't want to see Lively and, and brought her over there. And, and the, the lady was like, would you guys consider visiting me? If I, if I do have to go and get full-time care, would you come and visit me? And it's in moments like that where it's like, you know what, just showing up and saying, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to show up? Because I want to see what only God can do. But if I want to see what only God can do, that means I got to show up and say, Lord, if you don't show up, I'm going to look like an idiot. Honestly, that's most of the time for me. Um, this past week, I performed a, a funeral. I've only done two in my whole life. This is my second one. And I know that sometimes, like, people think the pastor, like, got to, like, know all the things. And, like, didn't you go for training for this? And, like, no, I went to school for theology. So I wasn't planning on being a pastor. And so, like, I know things about God, but apparently not much about a funeral. And so I was talking to somebody, and they were like, yeah, you know, this one time I went and I prayed with somebody in, in the hospital. I just didn't feel like I did it right. I just paused in that moment. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Um, I want to let you know everything that I do, I just show up and I'm like, Lord, I'm, this is going to be crazy. And like, if you don't show up, I'm going to look so stupid, but I'm willing to look stupid for you. I'm willing to just like show up at a funeral and just be like, Lord, you speak. Like, I don't, I, I don't have the right words for this group of people who is mourning the loss of somebody that they loved. And so much of listening to the Holy Spirit is just showing up and saying, whatever you want to do, I'm in for it. So three things, if we want to listen to the voice of the Spirit, whether it's in your own personal life and saying, what does it look like for us to live in alignment with the Spirit, to experience His power? Because I know that some of us are facing some difficulty as we go into this week. We're facing some hardship as we go into this week. There are some things we don't know what to do with. And so what does it look like for us, not only in that, but also to live life on mission, to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit? And so we're going to take a driver's ed class here real quick, and we're going to talk about three different ways that you can listen to the Holy Spirit. Up on the screen, 
screen is a, uh, is a traffic light. And I know that this is remedial for some of y'all. There's going to be one question that might stump you, so we'll see what happens. But uh, So the red light means what? Good. Awesome. Uh, it can be safe on the road. Okay. So the first thing, if we want to be in tune with the Holy Spirit, the first thing that we need to do is stop. Because so much of life is crowding out the voice of the Spirit. So much of life is saying, I'm just going to start doing stuff and we'll see what happens. I want to, you know, hit the ground running. Some of us are doers. Some of us are just kind of out there doing stuff. And what we see in this uh, Acts chapter 2 passage is it says, they were all together in one place and they were praying. There was space for them to stop. So when stop, here's, here's what I invite you to do. So, so a couple of different situations. You're in, you can see, again, you're like in that space where you can see you're about to blow up at your kids or you're about to blow up at work or to a spouse and you just stop in that moment. Take a deep breath. Just recognize like, Holy Spirit, I can't do this on my own. Uh, sometimes this, frust- this will frustrate your spouse, uh, but that's fine. You know, just like, just like, you know, just one second, just one second, take a deep breath. Just allow the Holy Spirit in life to just take a deep breath from all the hurry that you have so many different things that you're running to and trying to do and trying to get done that in that moment to just like take a breath during the day and say, listen, this time is set aside. If it's five minutes, I'm going to set aside to stop. To just say, Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm going to tune back in to what you have to say to me. To wait on the Spirit. Because the second thing that we want to do is we want a yellow light. Now, yellow light, I want to quiz you. A flashing yellow, not a, not a solid, a flashing yellow means what? Yield. yield, yeah, yeah. So yield, like, and what happens when you yield? You know, you look around, you kind of slow down, you take, take a look at your surroundings, you're cautious, you're care- So in that way, the second thing that we want to do is we want to pay attention to the Holy Spirit. As we do move forward, as we feel like the Holy Spirit is asking us to do something, as we do move forward, just kind of take a, take a second and just kind of look around and say, Spirit, where are you moving? What are you asking me to do? How can I still be aware? I just don't want to, like, start to dive into things. Many times what I'll, I'll do in, in conversations, and I'm giving away what I do when I meet with you all for coffee, but most of the time what I do is, honestly, I, just, I don't have much of an agenda. I, I, when I go in, I just kind of pray beforehand on the drive-in, wherever we're meeting. And I just say, Holy Spirit, um, I know that you've been doing something long before I showed up. I know you've been doing something in the background of this person's life, and so just help me listen. Help me have a yellow light to just allow myself to, to look at what you're doing and just kind of proceed carefully and, and slowly. And so I want to invite you in that, in that yellow light to say, man, how can I be attuned to what the Holy Spirit is doing? Because that is being effective. And so we want to be effective in what we do because the Holy Spirit is inviting us into something. The last one is this. The last one is green. Green means... Green means go. And there are seasons and times where, okay, we've done, we've stopped, we paused, we waited, we've been able to actually like assess what's the Holy Spirit doing. And then the last thing God calls us to do is to go. And I think that there's like, there's some of us that struggle on either side of this. Some of us, we're just like goers and like we don't do the first two and we're just like, let's, let's do this thing. And so we're just chasing after it. And God's like, I don't know if I really ever asked you to do that to begin with. And we're like, God, why aren't you blessing me? He's like, well, why don't you like ask what I would bless? And then maybe I would like start to bless you in that. And there's some of us on the other side that we're like, Lord, why don't you tell me? Why don't you show up and do this? And he's like, well, you got to kind of do something for me to show up. Like, get up, stop sitting around, like, asking for me to do stuff, and, like, go do something. And that's what we see throughout the book of Acts is there's this rhythm to the Spirit. 
this rhythm where you see all of them gathered together in one place, and then they kind of hear what the Holy Spirit's asking them to do, and so they're, they're looking around, they're saying, what's the Holy Spirit doing right now? And they go out and actually do something. Two ways I want to invite you into this this week. The first way is this. The first way is for you personally. Where in your life can you incorporate the rhythm of the Spirit? Then maybe for some of us, we see the same cycles in our life over and over again, and we just feel like we get stuck. And, and now what God is inviting us into is to just say, what does it look like for you to pause in that cycle, for you to pause in that, in that fight, for you to take a step back? When you start to see something on Facebook that somebody you don't know posted about something that doesn't matter to you, but you get like all huffy about it, for you to like take a second, like literally just take, take a step back, take a deep breath, just recognize the Spirit's still working, the Spirit's still moving. Where is it for you personally that you're saying, I need the Spirit to show up in my life? And I'm going to incorporate some of these rhythms that maybe on your drive into work, there's somebody that's difficult for you, that on your drive in, that you're going to literally go through this. If you go through a stoplight, like every stoplight you go by, it's going to be a little reminder for you to say, okay, stop, stop all the thoughts and all the things and all the worries and all the fears and just kind of allow the Holy Spirit to work. And then for you to say, okay, yellow light, I was talking with Tom earlier and, and he saw this, this
themselves. There's no way. That was, that was a mess that ended up themselves. There was no way. But when the Holy Spirit shows up and empowers his church for mission, everything changes. So my second challenge for you is to learn a little bit more about what it would be to be a disciple. Or after service today at 12 o'clock, we're going to have some pizza. We're in for an hour afterward. We're going to talk about what does it look like to be a disciple, to actually live like Jesus, to sit across the table from somebody see life transformation. And I love that I look around this room and I look at people that I've sat across the table with. I've looked you in the eyes. I've heard about the work of the Spirit in your life. And it's a joy for me to show up on Sunday. I'm not going to show up and just be like, well, shoot, you know, I had to wake up earlier today. No, I'm like, let's go. I don't got to drink energy drink because I know what the Holy Spirit has done in your life. And I want everybody to experience that. So would you stand with me? And we're going we're gonna to sing a few songs allow the Holy Spirit to work in our life, and I would challenge you to just kind of green, yellow, red, just kind of walk through that process as we sing this together in worship, and just allow this to be a time between the Spirit and you. Allow this to be a time where the Spirit speaks to you, where he lives through.